Welcome to a GSA Momentum Discussion Podcast, addressing the unique challenges supporting individuals from the Hispanic community with obesity and overweight. Momentum discussions highlight topics experiencing great momentum in the field of gerontology. We are grateful to Nova Nordisk for their support of the GSA Toolkit for the Management of Obesity in Older Adults and today's program. My name is Jen Pettis and I'm the Director of Strategic Alliances at the Gerontological Society or GSA. And I'm delighted to serve as a moderator for today's Momentum discussion. Please join me in welcoming today's discussant and one of our expert reviewers for the Toolkit for the Management of Obesity in Older Adults, Dr. Rodolfo J. Galindo. He's an Associate Professor of Medicine from Emory University School of Medicine and an investigator for the Center for Diabetes and Metabolism Research at Emory University Hospital Midtown. Dr. Galindo, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share your insights around this important topic. In the GSA Care Toolkit for the Management of Obesity in Older Adults, we discussed that providers should recognize the importance of cultural differences, as well as differences in risk based on age, race, and ethnicity when they're kickstarting the conversation about body size with patients. Can you address how cultural preferences and views about different body sizes should drive conversations with patients? Hi. And thank you, Jen, for the invitation and for the kind introduction. I also would like to thank GSA for taking the initiative to tackle this difficult issue, which is excess adiposity, uh, also called obesity. But throughout the, the discussion, you guys will see that we use that term interchangeable because it's part of the process. But anyway, thank you so much for addressing these. Thank you, GSA, for taking the lead and addressing excess adiposity in the L, in the older uh, patient population. And thank you, Novo Nordi, for your contribution. I think that your question is very relevant, and, and I thank you very much for bringing this to attention. It's something that I face every day in the clinic. In our clinic, not everybody speaks Spanish, so I had the luxury of having a very rich clinic with many of uh, my colleagues that speak Spanish. So so I face this question every day. And um, one point that we wanted to make throughout the care, the care toolkit is that it needs to be some personalization. So if we consider and we agree already on that, that obesity is a chronic disease, you need to put some personalization because not all patients are the same especially when you take in, in, into co in consideration cultural preferences. For Specifically for women in Latin American countries, it is normally accepted and culturally accepted to be a little bit overweight. And it's not about being overweight, it's being a little bit on the bigger size, especially on the, on the hips. It's part of the culture. So when you start talking to your patients, bringing you need to consider that this is an important topic for their relationships. And some women will have difficulty discussing this with their families because culturally speaking, they cannot be thin or thin looking. The point here is that it's not about body size. It's about health. And it's not about being obese or being fat is actually being healthier. And those type of concepts is what you need to transmit to your patients. So uh, I usually try to make it very personal. I try to be the example that I'm not aiming for them to be 
bikini girls to go to Miami Beach. I'm trying for them to be healthier and being able to avoid having chronic uh, diseases such as diabetes, knee arthritis, and many other diseases. So I bring the benefit of the weight loss on preventing chronic diseases, and I take away the cultural message of body image as much as I can. So you mentioned a bit about particularly the women in the Hispanic population with the body size issues. Are there other cultural preferences or beliefs among Hispanic populations that also influence your conversations about body size? Yes. So it's it's really important to consider a key dynamic in Hispanic families. So, and I'm bringing the attention to women because in our culture, women and mothers or grandmothers are the matriarchs. So they run the family, they prepare food for everybody, and they enjoy having everybody close by eating what they have done with a lot of effort and love. So, so it's not now coming and impose a restrictive calorie diet on the family. It's trying to continue that dynamic that is part of the culture, but in a healthier way. So it's, it's again, it's just choosing the right terms. It's not about telling them, do not, do not, do not. It's about you can do it. You just have to have more consideration with better choices. And it's just learning. I think that at the beginning, in the conversation, in people that are trying to lose weight, you need to learn what are those barriers. So if you're dealing with the matriarch who cooks three or four times a day for five to 10 people, and she's used to big portions and big sizes, it is important to learn that and important to learn that if she doesn't have that role, she will have some, you know, she will probably not be very engaged because this is part of the culture. I always try to bring a little bit of the science. So so, uh, Latin American and Hispanics are very trustful of physicians. So they really will follow your advice. They will really trust your criteria and they would really follow you as a person of higher level of of opinion. So always keep that. So um, I, I hope that this is addressing the specific question, but keep in mind that the dynamic of the matriarch having all the family around and cooking and having a lot of choices is something that is culturally appropriate. So the choices you need to be healthier and, and, and then also portion control because at the end it's very important to maintain a good lifestyle, right? Great, great information. Thank you. Uh, we address the connections of overweight and obesity to the other chronic conditions in the care toolkit. Can you review the obesity-related conditions that have a higher risk and prevalence with the Hispanic population and discuss why conversations around these risks with healthcare providers are so important? And you mentioned the trust already of the healthcare provider. That's such an important point. What else can you share around that topic? Yeah, thank you, Jen. Just after you established that rapport that we Hispanics tend to establish very soon, um, so, so you need to also take in consideration that again, personalization or specifics recommendations are very important for different groups. And within the Hispanic population, there are differences as well. So it's something that for myself, 
I'm, I'm from Caribbean origin. So I also needed to learn how people from Central America or South America uh, were doing. So it's a different, it's a, there are some difference between our group by itself. But but I want to I'm, I'm trying to mention this because we always talk about the comorbidities and the complications of exercise adiposity. And what I try to bring to attention to my patients is that some of us are affected in higher rates and, and we are impacted with more complications than other groups. So so Hispanics are largely in many studies have been associated with higher risk of diabetes. Uh, heart disease, high blood pressure, and also fatty liver disease, non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. But the list of comorbidities of excess uh, weight are many. So, so it is important to address specifically the diabetes, the the cardiovascular disease, the uh, dyslipidemia, the cholesterol issues among Hispanics. Um, and then other communities, other racial uh, communities have other other um, specific diseases that are affected them more. But for the Hispanic population, I think that that's very important. And one cultural uh, point is that for Latinos, it is very important to have well-controlled diabetes. So diabetes is very embedded in our culture as a really bad disease. So we, we take it very seriously. So having diabetes for many cultures means a really bad disease and uh, imposes a really big burden. So so uh, for most uh, Hispanic patients, it's very important to control the diabetes or actually go into remission if possible. Um, so that's really, really remarkable. It's an important disease for the community, uh, diabetes. So you've talked about lots of the unique challenges around the Hispanic population and, and certainly the risks that you mentioned of those conditions that you just reviewed. But now consider, if you would, with older adults, what are some of the unique challenges around developing treatment plans for older adults in the Hispanic community uh, with these conditions? Right. So, I mean, the the, the care uh, toolkit is focused on the... Um, older adults, which I think is a topic that is not always included in clinical guidelines. So I, again, I applaud the GSA for taking this topic and bringing it to a toolkit. And specifically for Hispanic communities with older adults, we tend to be very family oriented. So the family is around all the time, especially around the old uh, family members. So when you incorporate there are many aspects of a uh, program of weight management that you will discuss later or, or my colleague has been discussing already. But lifestyle is an important backbone of any weight management program along with diet, exercise, and medication by lifestyle. Keep in mind that um, for, for Latinos, having family care for the older uh, members of the family is very important. So you tell your patient who is 80 years old to do X and Y, be be mindful that if you don't get the family involved, he will not likely be able to do it because the family drives the whole dynamic. And similarly, um, if, you get in, if you get the matriarch uh, to be the lead person, then you're golden because everybody will listen to grandma or to mama. 
but if you don't involve that person, you need to consider that. So both ways, either from son and, and daughters to dads and mom, and then from mom and dad to dad. So that interaction, keep in mind that it's very impo- important for families to care for the older members of the family. So that interaction needs to be taken in consideration. Great. Well, when you're kickstarting these conversations and working with patients to develop a treatment plan for to address their obesity or overweight, providers are often faced with combating misinformation or myths about weight loss. In fact, in the Care Toolkit, I'm sure you remember that we address those top 10 myths. Is there misinformation that is especially prevalent among the Hispanic community that providers can help to dispel? Yes, and I remember, I think that this is a very important topic that I'm glad that we address in the toolkit. And I encourage all the clinicians to um, take a look and try to incorporate that into daily, into the, uh, their daily practices. And of course, not all 10 myths will apply to the patient they have in front, but some of them will do and some of them will apply to the next patient. So keep in mind that. So among Hispanics, there is a lot of penetration from commercial dieting programs and the magic diet and the magic pills. Uh, there are many other, but especially among Hispanics. So it's especially common to have magic uh, remedies or using natural remedies, which sometimes are really, really important part of the culture, but we have no evidence sometimes to support that. The way, the way I address these, and I'm, I'm bringing now to the conversation to my grandmother, who used to be very heavy on using all kinds of remedies and, and teas and herbs, I support her as long as I knew it was safe. If I didn't have any information, I was like, we need to find out if this is safe because always safety should be first. And especially with supplements. So the, the supplement industry in the United States is not FDA regulated. So sometimes we don't have a hundred percent certainty of what is included in those supplements. So, I'm very careful with the supplements or whatever is um, commercially made and a little bit more lenient on the traditional teas, remedies, and earth because it's supposed to be natural, whether they can actually make you lose weight or not. I, I always don't have evidence, but I lo- as long as it's something that is natural, I try not to oppose. And the reason is you will never find a patient that will support your recommendation and you're opposing their cultural belief, right? So if you try to impose your cultural belief, and especially if they are not culturally appropriate, you will not have a partner in care. You will have an enemy. That patient will not be your partner. It's very important to uh, consider what is culturally appropriate. So I'm very lenient. I always say that we need to find out that it's safe. I sometimes check on the FDA website, uh, um, FDA drugs at FDA. Sometimes they have reports of some supplements and I try to be very specific. Um, with natural remedies, I mean, I cannot really argue my grandmother that the teas that she's been drinking for 50 years are bad. I don't have science to argue her. And she has 50 years of non-scientific evidence sometimes. I'm not supporting any, but I'm saying Especially for supplements or commercial products, I'm very careful because I don't have evidence. For everything else that is traditionally part of the culture, I sometimes very lenient 
and I say, I don't have evidence as long as it's safe, right? And also, I, I use that to gain some rapport. If you support your, pers- your, your patient belief, they will believe in you. So I try to use that to say, well, let's just do that, but we need to incorporate some treatment that has scientific evidence to support that. And then we'll see. So hopefully I have scientific evidence that my treatment recommendations are safe. They are approved by regulatory bodies, and I'm sure they will give you some results. So it takes some time. Great. The great information. Well, my final question for you, Dr. Galindo, is about the final step in the CARE Toolkit, and that is refer for community resources. We note in the CARE Toolkit that primary care providers are leaders in their community and that they can help health systems to develop needed resources to meet the needs of older adults facing body size challenges. What advice do you have for these providers who may be supporting health systems to meet the needs of diverse and underserved communities, including the Hispanic population? Thank you, Jane, again, for such an important topic. So and I'm very glad we put a lot of resources there. It may not be an exhaust list because there are many resources, but I feel that we had a lot of resources that people can get access to. So I think that one of the biggest challenges we have with this condition, and I'm going to keep calling it excess adiposity, there is a concept called um, adiposity-based chronic disease. It's a, it's a term that is difficult to say, but it takes a little bit of the stigma of obesity, not getting specifically into that right now. But I think that taking the stigma of excess weight, of excess adiposity out, out of people's minds, and especially in communities, is important. I think that our communities, and especially minorities, have been, for years, challenged with the fact that they're just gaining weight and not doing anything about it. The reality, and scientifically speaking, losing weight is more complex than I want to or I don't want to. So that that misbelief and misinformation that excess adiposity is related to lack of will is not scientifically supported. Uh, weight management and appetite is, is, is really tightly controlled by the brain, the gut, and many other organs. So... If you're a physician or a clinician and you have the belief that excess weight is lack of power and lack of will, then I'll encourage you to uh, go back and try to get that stigma out of it because it's very complex. So so that's one step. So, so getting the stigma out of the excess uh, deposit. Two, changing many of the concepts that It's about body size or body form or body shape. This is about being healthier. So it's about having a normal balance of energy storage. And then keep in consideration that for the Hispanic population, families are very important. They're always involved in the care of the older adults, that matriarchs are in charge of the family uh, feeding patterns and, and meal preparation. Keep in mind that eating together as a family is an important um, part. Of, is an important cultural um, uh, um, peculiarities, 
And then we have many, many resources listed there that we can, that you can uh, refer to some, some, some videos, some flyers, some infographics that you can use in your practices. Um, uh, we do have some uh, um, resources in Spanish. And if not, some of these links, we have a, a, a translation, but I always, it's not always having the right language, it's having the right cultural cultural information, um, what is important. Uh, I'm very glad that we did it. And well, actually we didn't do anything. We just support all the work that you guys have been doing. And again, congratulations to GSA for taking this um, initiative and leading the way on how to address excess adiposity of obesity or excess weight in the older adult population, um, which is growing and also you know, facing these, these conditions. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dr. Glindo. This was great. And I just want to um, recap a couple of things that I heard. And the first um, was right in the beginning when you talked about personalization of care and you talked about the importance of the relationship um, with the provider and the trust. And uh, we always talk about how it sometimes takes a long time uh, to build that, but can take a moment to destroy it. And you gave us such great points to really maintain and support that. I love the discussion around the role of the matriarch in the family and the importance. And if, as you said, if mom or grandma is on board, then you, you've got it made um, from there. And certainly the focus on conditions like diabetes and high blood pressure and non-alcoholic fatty liver disease and heart disease, and the importance of looking at overall health um, and how you can help that individual be healthier um, as, as you continue on this journey to care for them. Uh, I also appreciate your discussion around the, the magic pill or the magic bullet for and how important it is to consider the safety and help your patients to understand the safety, but then be more lenient on things like tea that grandma might have taken for 50 years if it's, you know it's safe. What final words do you have for our audience today? I would like to encourage you, all clinicians, to continue their hard work. And I wish very much luck on convincing your Caribbean and Latin patient to have a better weight management and not a nicer or thinner figure. It's not about the shape, it's about health. If you learn those concepts, you will understand why sometimes they don't want to lose that much weight. But keep trying to keep trying. It's not about the shape. It's not about how thing. It's not about losing their their body habitus. It's being healthier. So it takes some learning. It takes some cultural rapport. But I'm sure we all prepare and we have a strong scientific uh, background to overcome those barriers. Thank you so much, Dr. Belindo, for your time today and for your wonderful contribution to the care kit. We're so proud of how the care kit has come out and we're anxious to support providers to use that in primary care. Thank you so much to Novo Nordisk for their support of our program and of the care toolkit. And we thank you for taking the time to participate in this momentum discussion and for our listeners for taking time to take part in it. So everyone have a great day. Thanks so very much.